0: welcome everybody to another episode of positive talk radio my name is kevin mcdonald and i've got a really cool dude that we're going to be talking to today um i gotta tell you he's been on the show before and he's uh we've had a great conversation i think this is going to be also a great conversation because we're gonna see some things have happened since the last time we chatted coach boris um you come from Ukraine, you that's your family background, and uh, or or your grandmother. Yes, and it is um, it's it's hard to fathom what's going on uh, in the world and what's going on specifically in Ukraine today. And I know that you watch it probably very closely because that strikes really close to home, doesn't it?
1: Uh, yeah, it's it's absolutely gut wrenching, and you know, to know the history of it and to see what these people went through before and to see basically uh, history repeating itself. Um, you know, it, it's just completely, uh, you know, disheartening. But what what the, the big difference is uh, between now and the 1930s and 40s is that the Ukrainians are, are fighting back and winning.
0: I got to tell you, they are that. That is going to, at the end of the day, that's going to become a tremendously positive story of resilience and fighting back against overwhelming odds, and and all that. It's it's, it's going to make a great movie of how all of this came about.
1: No, absolutely, and you know, it, it just kind of shows you how, you know, we we still have this evil that's lurking uh, just below the surface. But, but the big difference is now is that the world is not believing, you know, the, the story. You know, back uh, in the 30s when Stalin uh, brought about the holodomor, the great hunger, you know, the Ukrainian genocide, the world didn't believe it. Um, reports would leak out. But, you know, uh, who was it at the New York Times? What was it? Walter Durante I, I might be misquoting mis- that name, but they kind of covered it up and it never got out and people just kind of thought, well, that's just a, uh, a local thing. Uh, They didn't want to take a stand and, and help the Ukrainians. But now my goodness, right. Um, You know, the entire world's behind, well, maybe not the entire, but you know, uh, the vast majority of nations uh, uh, have their back and, uh, and are giving them what they need to, uh, to fight back. And it's just, it's really amazing that they're they're winning, and it just shows you what the power of spirit can do. You know, I mean, it's their home, and cornered their backs to the wall, and they're just they're just not going to give up.
0: Absolutely, and by the way, you know the story better than most because you wrote a book about it. Um, that started out with your grandmother who was in Ukraine in the 30s and 40s and, and the, the, the tough life that she had. The name of the book, by the way, is How to Beat Stalin, Hitler, and the Southern State Parkway. And uh, it is a family story of from your grandmother and your father and down to you and you and your sister and all the things that you've done. As as a coach for the last twenty five years, and and the the positive impact that you've had on society, but talk about the book a little bit and how how the roots of of um, what happened when Stalin and Hitler were around, how desperately your grandmother' situation was. Right, and uh, you know
1: it, it kind of starts off uh, the book with me as a middle schooler you know, being completely depressed and demoralized. And, you know, I was uh, like to say, you know, looking into the abyss. uh, I had no hope for a future. You know, I'd lost my father. I was being bullied. I was flunking out of school, you know. And uh, at the end of my rope, you know, my mother, you know, would would try to re-encourage me, you know, as all mothers do. Uh, You know, you're beautiful, you're handsome, but but nobody believes your mom, right? Uh, They're supposed to say those things. And I, had to look, I could look in the mirror and I'm like, oh, mom, you know, what the hell is you know, going on here? Uh, maybe she's looking at the funhouse mirror. But, um, <laughs> you know, my mom finally gets it hey, look, buddy, you know, she's got tough. And she's like, you know, you are you got troubles, but let me tell you about your Bapsha Eva. You know, Bapsha is Ukrainian for grandma. Uh, and I said, OK, what was so special about her? I never knew her. She passed away in the same car wreck as my father when I was five. I only knew her as the nice lady who made apple strudel, you know. And as a chubby kid, that's how you identified people. You sure. Know? If you brought a salad over, we just throw you out of the house. But um, <laughs> yeah, so what, what'd she do? That? So, well, how was she a superhero? And she um, said, well, when she was your age, she wasn't worried about being overweight. She was worried about starving to death. And, you know, Stalin who was uh, you know, head of the Soviet Union, wanted to break the Ukraine, wanted to impose uh, you know, the communist collective farms. And the Ukrainians were very proud people. You know, they had always had these great farms. That's what they were known for. And, and they, they didn't want to put up with that. Uh, and they resisted. But Stalin being Stalin said, okay, great. I'm taking out all the food. And the Red Army surrounded the country and the troops went in. And anybody who resisted was shot on sight. And they came into the house and literally cleaned it out. They took the animals, they even took the garbage. You know, not one scrap was left. And all you could do was buy food at the collective store. You know, and maybe you know you might get a loaf of bread, probably not. And and quickly they descended into hell. You know, uh, people from the starvation, their bellies would swell, uh, their legs would become useless. Um, you know, people ate anything to survive. You know, the cats and dogs vanished immediately. Uh, it was an eerie silence over the whole country because all the birds were gone. They ate all the birds. Um, you know, that would just fly by, a sparrow, whatever the hell local birds were around. And and the the ones that were survived got smart. And so it was just an eerie quiet. And um, parents, completely desperate, you know, would maybe sometimes send their kids on a train to uh, the city in the hopes that somebody in the city might have food. And that was the irony. The countryside was picked clean of food where the farms were and the cities may or may not have food, but, you know, chances are those kids w- weren't going to make it either. Um, and, uh, and, you know, the, the special hell that, that always struck me was that there were roving bands of cannibals, you know, and of all the troubles we had to deal with you know, in our lives and, and our troubles, you know, were certainly real. I couldn't imagine contending with a roving band of cannibals, uh, you know, as being a father and trying to protect your kids from that. But that was the world of my babcha. and they survived it. And eventually uh, Stalin relented. He felt that he had sufficiently punished the Ukrainians. And just when they were getting back on their feet, you know, well now Hitler's master of Europe, uh, Germany. And in 19... 41, he unleashes Operation Barbarossa, which was the invasion of the Soviet Union. It's the largest land battle in the history of the world. And uh, Bopch is on the front line. And, and her village is quickly overrun. Her family's murdered. And she's made to go to a, a work camp uh, as a slave. You know, and, and that's what people don't always understand or know maybe about the World War II. Um... Many of the peoples of Eastern Europe were were enslaved and worked in camps, and and yes, the Jews were were in the death camps. They were part of the Final Solution, but uh, there was a lot of people on the list, you know, for Dachau and Buchenwald and and all the rest, you know. But they were going to work first. Uh, they were going to work them as slaves, use them as labor to to grow food and things of that nature, and then finally, when they were, you know, the phrase used to be uh, useless eaters. You know, that still haunts me, that phrase, useless eaters. that Then they would, you know, get a bullet um, or maybe the gas chamber. And, and there was my bopcha, you know, with absolutely no hope now. Her family got her through the hole of the moor, but now she was completely on her own. And at that moment where she was about to lose hope, you know, the babushkas showed up, the old women of the camp. And they saw this beautiful, you know, young girl by herself and they came and they took pity on her. And, and, they stuck by her the whole time. You know, they put a babushka on her um, and made her to look ugly as best they could. They smeared horse manure on her, you know, as a way of deterring the German guards from having any uh, bad bad ideas. You know, and being a beautiful girl was not an asset in these camps, uh, to yeah. say the least. Um, but that's how she's going to get through this, this horrendous, horrendous situation is... You know, the babushkas taught her and uh, that no matter how bad things are, how powerless you are, you always control your reaction to these situations. And that was my bopcha's true superpower. That her revenge for all these horrors that the dictators inflicted on her was that she was going to have a great life. And that she was going to get out. She was going to survive it. And she was going to have kids and grandkids that were going to have great lives. And that was going to be her, her mission that she was not going to let these people erase us from history and that she was going to resurrect the Boris family. And she did. And my God, as a kid hearing this, you know, uh, it, it, I was uh, on fire, you know, and and now thinking back to these stories and context of what's happening now, there's the style, uh, Stalin, Stalin, uh, and slip, Putin's out of his God-blessed mind. You know, the, I knew my, I'm like, these people aren't going to quit. No. They're not, I mean, it's just preposterous. It's just, you know, that's what happens when, when you become a dictator and you just talk to yourself and you're surrounded by yes men. You know, you, you become demented and you, you're not thinking clearly. The, the first is, one. Yeah, go ahead.
0: Yeah. I'm, I'm just going to say it is so sad that in this day and age, we're talking about 2022, that there can be still one guy who is in control of a major com- country and a nuclear stockpile can affect what happens in the entire world in a, in a hugely negative way and uh, i hope they i've heard reports that he is sick i hope i know he's mentally ill and i hope that uh, he is also physically ill and that he will no longer be in power one way or another fairly soon because it's 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 horrible that, that that can still happen in this day and age with all the technology we have with all the you know the cool thing is that they can't lie about it anymore and they can't hide it we're finding they've already charged uh, uh, russian uh, uh soldiers with war crimes which i think is mm-hmm. needed i wish that those people hadn't had to die though
1: um yeah it, it's just absolutely you know and that that's why democracy is so important i agree you know, our, our democratic republic here and you know and we, we've I'm not going to get into that all that, but I'm just going to say you, you need checks and balances. You you need a slow moving process. You need clearer heads to prevail. And, and you know, and that's kind of like what my whole book is about, is trying to bring people together and realizing that, you know, all this is an absence of love. Yes. It's an absence of compassion. And it's an absence of community. And you know, and just not understanding history too, like the uh, Ukrainian national anthem. And my translation is going to be off a little bit here, so forgive me. You know, uh, we, we won't know. You won't know, and you know, I'm I'm not a born. I'm not born over there. I don't speak the language. I was born in the Bronx, of all things. You know, uh, so a, a native Ukrainian would might slap me. But uh, the fir- the first line of the Ukrainian national anthem roughly translates to, uh, we're not dead yet. Um, you know, so when you're fighting a group of people and that's kind of their slogan, they're like, you know, th- this is going to be tough. I think it had something to do with Zelensky's background. You know, yep. he was a comedian. Um, and, you know, people kind of looked at that and said, Oh, you know, this guy's a, a joke. You know, he's a, he's an actor, he's an entertainer. Um, you know, what's going to happen when the rubber meets the road? Um, but what people don't always understand about comedians, you know, they're actually quite smart. And, they, and he was a lawyer, too, you know, so he's not a dummy. And toughness kind of transcends professions. You know, it doesn't, you know, just because you, you like to make people happy, doesn't mean that, you know, when your back's to the wall, you're not going to fight. And uh, the, I think the plan was that, you know, after one or two days, Zelensky would flee. Uh, the government would topple, he'd install a puppet, you know, and he would, uh, you know, continue and wouldn't be a very high death count, you know, and he would just get an easy win and, you know, and the United States would just kind of shrug it off and, and not do much because, you know, we didn't want to get into a nuclear war, right? Who could blame us? We didn't do very much when uh, he took Crimea. Um,
0: no. no, we didn't.
1: So, I mean, this is just a horrendous miscalculation. And, and uh, yeah, even though I think the Ukrainians are going to win, you know, like cities like Mariupol is not there anymore. Uh, Kiev is dead. And, and as the Ukrainians have pushed people back, they're now going back into the towns and cities and, and finding it all booby-trapped. Mm-hmm. And, and they're uncovering mass graves. Well, those mass graves are built on mass graves from 50 60 70 years ago
0: i i feel so sorry for the uh, ukrainian people they've gone through so much over the last 100 years and and it's it's been it's been awful for them and but you know that's the resilience of the human spirit because they're not going to give up and uh, fortunately we as a country are in a position i don't know if you've heard you've been at work all day but uh, the Senate just passed uh, another forty billion dollars in military aid to Ukraine, and the president is going to sign it this afternoon. So we are helping them without putting boots on the ground, which hopefully we won't. Hopefully, they'll be able to stand up to the point where they can drive out uh, Russia without having to do that. But because I would hate for us to go into World War Three and for it to become a huge, huge deal again, because it'll affect my kids and your kids and, and everybody else uh, on the planet. So.
1: No, I I agree. I think, you know, Biden, you know, and you may or may not like all the things Biden does, but that's, but I think, you know, with Ukraine, I think he's, he's got it just right. Um, And you could say maybe he could give more aid or, you know, send tanks or whatnot, but um Yeah, you know, we we can't start World War III, but we can't look away. And, uh, you know, some other externalities that that Putin didn't intend, like Sweden and Finland, they're going to join NATO. And uh, the sanctions, like very real sanctions, are are just crippling their economy. On the Russian state TV, which is basically an entire propaganda network, one of the uh, talk show hosts actually cracked and said that – the sanctions are crippling Russia, you know, so for that to be admitted uh, on national TV was uh, quite telling uh, how did, things did, are going bad for them.
0: Oh yeah. And did you hear that they that uh, several, I've heard as many as 12 oligarchs have suddenly and mysteriously uh, been killed or um, have been severely hurt because they're trying to stand up to putin because it's they're financial people and they're interested in mm-hmm. having a lot of money and and you have to have a healthy economy to be able to do that you can't be wealthy if everything's in shambles uh so you know it, it'll be interesting to see but you know we history we just don't learn from history it's it's amazing to me but but we don't
1: and uh you know with the oligarchs and all that like we don't, we think uh, right now, to Russian governments like our government or the British government or the Canadians or something like that, and we we treat them in kind. But that's a mistake. It's it's a kleptocracy. It's as if the mafia took took control of a government, and the you know Putin's the crime boss, and the oligarchs are all the uh, capos or you know whatever mafia term you want to apply there, and everything runs through him. You know so. And, and yeah, if you step out of line, you know, excuse the phrase, you're going to get whacked. And yeah. uh, you know, we're we're seeing uh, an episode of The Godfather play out.
0: We are indeed. We are indeed. But uh, we are fortunate in that that things are okay here for the moment. And uh, but I want to I want to you know focus more on you and and the book and your and your story because it is a story one of. Resilience from your grandmother, you lost your dad at an early age, and it was sad that they were both killed in the same car accident when you were five, yes. uh, but you have become, your episode that I put up has been downloaded a bunch of times because you have impact in the world. You have created this uh, from nothing, basically, so you've, you've done a really nice job. Uh, you've been a coach for 25 years you've helped uh, a lot of people and uh, that's part of who you are these days isn't it yeah you know it's it's my
1: way of trying to give back and you know and coaching and teaching all these years uh, has been my my effort and in the book and, and trying to you know do motivational speaking is, is trying to you know take it to another level and reach a wider audience like you know i'm talking to like wonderful people like you and and, you know uh, hitting an audience in seattle that i never would have you know if i just stayed a teacher never would have gotten to uh, access um because uh when i was down on my luck you know my mom told me the, those amazing stories about bapcha right so i'm motivated i'm on fire and you always need to be motivated you know you need that that inspiration, that hero, and Popshire certainly was that, but I didn't know what the hell to do, and and that actually put more pressure on me, because I had, I was on the hook, right, that's how we were going to, my family was going to beat Stalin and Hitler, was if we had a great life, you know, and I don't mean like, I had to become president, or a millionaire, or you know, invent something, or yeah, but just live well, right, and have a family, and be a great person in the community, and give back, but, I looked myself in the mirror. How could I be anything but a complete and total loser? I mean, my life was just going to be a humiliation and I was going to let her down and, and Stalin and Hitler were going to win. They would wipe us from the, from the earth as they had originally intended. So that's a lot to put on a, a 12 year old, right? Oh yeah. Um, or at least that's what I was. That's how I was seeing. And I said, and My mom said, Hey, listen, it's time you played some football. And I said, football. Okay. You know, I, never were really into football or anything like that. You know, it wasn't a thing for me. And my mom pushed me towards the the high school football program because she knew what kind of men were, were running it and she knew what kind of values they had and that they weren't just trying to win games. Of, of, of course, let's put it this way. Every high school coach I know is, is trying to win games. Sure. Losing, losing is terrible. So let's, let's keep it real. But, um, they were trying to make great men, you know, and, and that's the thing by, by, trying to make great men, you wind up winning games, you know, uh, don't put the cart before the horse. And she knew that if I was around them and on the team that they could help turn my life around, they could give me a way to actualize mm-hmm. what what Bobcha had wanted. And the very first practice I get out there and I'm a, a chubby kid, you know, I've never moved. You know, I was just sitting on the couch playing video games or Dungeons and Dragons or something. And they're like, okay, run a lap. And it was like the whole perimeter of school. You know, it might as well have been to the moon. And I'm uh, and, uh, about, you know, 100 yards in. I have to stop walking. I'm dry heaving and gagging. Oh, my God, what did I get myself into? And the captain, uh, this kid Jason, comes doubles back, uh, you know, after he finishes his run and, and gets me and says, you're not quitting. You're you're part of our family. And we're gonna get through this together, you know. And drags my chubby butt across the line, you know. God knows, uh, and that. Oh my God, you know this guy cares, and it was uh, life changing. And the next day in school, you know, I'm walking down the hall, and I hear, "Hi, Steve." Oh, must be another Steve standing next to me. Yeah, uh, <laughs> and again, it's it's Jason, some other guys on the team. They're like, "Hey," I'm like, "Oh my God, I'm a I'm a person." You know, people people notice I'm alive, and uh, that was just the culture. Yeah, I was terrible. I was the worst kid on the team. You know, so it wasn't like I was doing something for them at this point. You know, it wasn't like oh, they were doing it because it was the right thing to do, uh, because I was part of the family. Just like those babushkas helped my Bob Chap. Yep. You know,
0: and, and
1: that and that gives you hope for a better tomorrow, and it also you know, gives you a chance. And that's what all anybody wants is just give me a chance. Just, just give me a fair fight. And um, that started to turn the tide for me. You know, I remember coaches calling me into the office one day and I thought, oh my God, I'm getting cut, right? Because uh, It was getting comical. Like I didn't even have a belt. I was too heavy. They ran out of extra large belts. And uh, so every time I got hit, my pants would fall down. You know, so it was like it was like, it was like right out of a cartoon. I'm like, they call me in, and I'm like, okay, they're gonna dump me in the garbage. But instead of that, the coach says, "Hey, just keep trying. It's gonna be worth it. You're gonna figure it out. And, and here's a new belt. You know, they finally got me a belt. But um, they didn't have to keep me, but they knew it was important. You know, not for the team's success or anything like that, but but for me as a human being. And you know lucky for everybody, you know, it it did actually pay dividends for them because I wound up and became a, you know, a a great player, you know, so it it did, was a smart investment, their kindness, but, you know, there was, there was no way of ever knowing that, right? They didn't know that that at the time, yeah. And, but, and that's the thing, we can all do something like that in our day-to-day life, you know, Uh, but it's too easy to turn away to make fun of, to mock, to be, to belittle, you know, to get a cheap laugh. Um, but, but this was very, very special, you know, and as the years ticked on, you know, I kept, uh, I always sit with my mom at the k- kitchen table, you know, we both had insomnia and we'd always stay up late at night chatting. And as she saw me starting to improve, um, you know, she said, hey, you know, let's let's work on the grades. And, and she got me uh, work with the school, and got me into resource room, you know, and got me an individual education plan, you know, teacher lo- logo, uh, you know, lingo and IEP. Um, and that uh, came with a resource teacher, you know, a special ed teacher. And this woman, Mrs. Dudick, taught me how to learn. And. I just want you to think about that, you know, learning how to learn. And, and she was just an amazing person. You know, she was about five foot nothing, uh, maybe 100 pounds. She'd have to jump up on a chair to yell at me. You know, she twist my ear and she's like, you big son of a gun, you know, let's go. Yeah, you know, oh, I don't want to do homework, you know. And, and I always saw homework as a curse, as a punishment. You know, like, why the hell are these teachers making me do? They're They're, they're Stalin and Hitler, right? and she's like no dummy this this is a ladder to success this is a life changing opportunity and, and how do you want to look at it do you want to look at it as a torture of Stalin and Hitler great that's your choice or you can choose to see it as, as a blessing as an opportunity to take a step closer towards your goal oh my god you know so once you change your mind it, it's a whole different world right and yeah. You know, and my mom and she started setting goals. She's like, okay, you're going to go to a great college, you know, a football scholarship, you're going to meet a beautiful girl. You're going to, you know, have kids and live happily ever after and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, you know, this was still kind of a preposterous thing, especially, you know, two years prior, right? You know, you think she's crazy. you think she's on drugs. Um, I was the exact opposite of all these things that she was uh, talking about, but we kept chipping away. And sure enough, her, her dreams that she set out for us were coming true. And, and it, it was almost miraculous. And then uh, my junior year, I remember uh, the principal came knocked on my classroom door. I was in uh, mechanical drawing. I don't know if that's a class anymore. Mechanical drawing. But, <laughs> yeah, that's how old we are, right? <laughs> no, but, uh, and I was like, oh, this is it. Because I had always known the principal... Anytime a college scout would come, you know, from a college recruiting, he would always come, knock on the door, bring you down to the office. You know, it was a big deal. And, you know, like, this is it. This is my chance. You know, I'm going to get recruited. And all these crazy dreams mom came up with are are about to come true. We go down to the office, walk in. There's no scout, just me and him. You know, and eventually uh, he's choking up. Eventually, he eventually turns to me, he gets up the courage, and he says, Steve, I'm sorry. There's been a terrible accident. Your mom's dead. And just like that, you know, I was back at the abyss. You know, just like that, um, my world had crashed again. You know, um, just like Bob, Ch- you know, after she beat Stalin, then Hitler showed up. You know, so this was my Hitler. <laughs> you know, this was the second, you know, kick in the face. Um, second, you know, destruction of my world. And I didn't know what to do, but, uh, that's when my hero showed up. Uh, it was the entire school community, you know, teachers, parents, kids, administrators, you know, in ways great and small, seen and unseen, you know, they, they all came to my, my rescue. Um, you know, trays of uh, big would just magically show up on the front porch you know, anonymously, you know. Okay, that's great. remember my, my chemistry teacher, Miss Buckmaster, you know, uh, brought me in after school, you know, stayed with me to like five o'clock doing chemistry labs, you know, I'm lighting the school on fire with the Bunsen burner. The home to, you know, blowing up chemicals, you know. I think that's why I lost my hair. Some some of those chemistries, you know. You know, and then after that, you know, she didn't have to stay to five. You know, you're allowed to leave at three. Right. But she knew... Uh, I needed to get through it, and I needed that extra. And then she gave me twenty bucks. She goes, "Take your sister to the movie." Like, you know, that's caring when you don't have to,
0: right?
1: And, and that's what life's all about. That's the secret to life: is taking care of your neighbor. Um, you know, and for me, it was kind of like easy to for them to because this was like an extraordinary situation, and you know how many it was a nice community, you know, how many orphans, you know, and it wasn't one accident, it was two over 10 years, you know, so it was a kind of bizarre thing. So it was kind of, you know, we kind of got to start doing that before, you know, and just checking in on people and and say hi and not just text or tweet at them or something like that, you know, and, and start doing, and that's why I got into coaching and teaching and, working in youth programs and other things like that is, is just trying to build a community and, and trying to give not just kids, but adults, you know, a place to belong. Um, cause it, you know, Mike, it saved my life. Um, remember my, my girlfriend at the time, or, I didn't have a car and I had to take my road tests, you know, so they let me borrow the minivan, the mom's minivan and uh, put a road test and I immediately, you know, crashed it. So, That was kind
0: of awkward. Yeah, so sometimes it backfires, (laughs) bud. Yeah, but you know there is insurance companies, and that's why those are there. But, but you know it's. How did it feel when? Well, were you able to recognize because you were you were dealing with a lot of grief when you were a junior and you found after your mother passed. Were you able to recognize at that time the community's involvement with you and how how important you were to them uh, at that time, or, or was it upon reflection later on that you recognized that?
1: Um, you know, I, I knew it immediately, and I was very grateful uh, immediately. Um, but as you as you grow up and you start thinking about it, you know, you, you start, and, and you know, as your perspective in life changes. You know, um, I was thinking about this the other day. I'm like, how in the world am I still alive? You know, with, with some of the things that happened and, you know, and some of the situations, you know, and some of the things, you know, for shows like this, I, I've sanitized a little bit. And book I've kind of, you know, taken it down a notch or two, um, you know, to, to for, for certain reasons. But like, my goodness, you know, um, it, it's really, it's really a miracle. Um, but it it was people showing up at at the nick of the moment, you know, nick of time. And, And the other side of that though, was also, I had to be smart enough to accept the help.
0: That's a key. That's a key.
1: And that was, I think, um, the great gift my mom gave me was she made me realize that if you want to get somewhere in life, you're going to need help. You're going to have to be humble you're going to have to, you know, a phrase we like to use now, um, but the guy I work for now, coach Hassett, you know, take the coaching. And, um, you know, it, it's just, Then I think that's the difference between successful people and people who, who don't get to where they want to go. Um, and I think that was the case with my sister, you know, who was in a, you know, same spot as me. Um, she never got involved in sports. She never got involved in a theater group, you know, or, or some other positive program. Um, you know, cause that's like another point I want to make. It's not just sports that save lives. You know, there's so many great things out there. You know, like my daughter's not an athlete. She, she got into the theater. It's the same thing, <laughs> you know, 99.9, I'm not going to go to Broadway. You know, but it's the, the light crew has to be do their thing and, and the soloist has to be there on point. and And, the you know, the, the people who made the set, you know, it's a whole group coming together for to create something greater than you, you could ever on your own.
0: Exactly. And, it's a
1: team. and that's what a family is about, too. You know, um, you know, people say, well, you become a parent. It's a sacrifice. It's not a sacrifice at all. You know, it's a choice. To to become um, uh, something new, uh, something beautiful, and something extremely powerful, um, you know. And and it's the same lessons, you know. So you learn from the theater. There's one big difference: theater and sports. You know, when you when you're doing the soliloquy from Shakespeare, nobody's trying to tackle you off the stage. So
0: that is true. So that, that is, but it I can still I mean. be, it, it can still be frightening if you're doing that soliloquy and you forget it. Your lines right in the middle of it on stage in front of a bunch of folks—that oh, yeah. can, can be scary as well.
1: You know, and I've seen like a lot of this stuff. You know, like they get excited. You know, do like the—if you're not an athlete, you can't do. Do the chess club, right? Do do the art club, do what, whatever. I saw one school has like a robot team. You know, they're all like doing robotics.
0: <laughs> well, that's cool.
1: Let's go. That's... You know, <laughs> you, gotta, you gotta go check on those people once in a while, though. Make sure they're not making a terminator.
0: Exactly. But now I I, coach, I, you did go to college and you did get that scholarship, didn't you?
1: Yeah. Um, So, you know, we, I played my senior year and uh, we, we got through that and it wasn't, you know, it was was gut wrenching, you know, uh, being on the field and, you know, we had parents day, uh, which my mom was really looking forward to. It's a great ceremony. You walk down the 50 yard line with your parents the whole place claps and, you know, it's a, it's a, beautiful ceremony. It sucks if you're an orphan and, uh, you know, so it wasn't, um, you know, it was a very bittersweet season and, uh, but I did play well enough to to get, a get into Fordham and, and get, a you know, money to go play at Fordham, uh, down to, up in the Bronx, you know, kind of went back to where I was born and, um, and everything that she had mapped out came true. You know, I went to a great college. I got to play, you know, college football, and you know, I earned money for for that uh, by playing. You know, and uh, I met a, my wife in college. You know, and I, beautiful kids. And uh, you know, doesn't mean my life has been perfect. You know, there's there's still been trials and tribulations as there is in any life. Mm-hmm. Um, but you know, the. And that, that's what I'm trying to pass on with the book is that it's you get this inspirational story of bopcha but then you got to come up with a roadmap you have to have a plan and then you got to be brave uh, to, to follow through uh, especially when you have setbacks and you will have setbacks
0: everybody does
1: and then you got to be humble slash smart enough to, to get help hmm you know, to, uh, take the coaching, you know, and whatever, whatever assistance you need, you know, whether it's, you know, going to college and, and for a degree or, uh, you know, if you need therapy or this, you know, wh- whatever it can be finding a mentor, um, you know, that that's going to be the difference. And so, uh, that, that's the goal of the book is, you know, uh, I just had, uh, one of my students read it in you know, she, she, saw, you know, we told, I told everybody about it and she read it and she came in and, you know, she gave me a hug and I was like, oh my God, you know, this kid hasn't talked all year. And she's like, thank you. She's like, you know, I haven't gotten out of bed. You know, she just comes to school and goes to bed, uh, you know, at three o'clock when she gets home. And she's like, I've been doing that for like a year. And she goes, I read the book. And now she's like, oh my God, I can do it too. She's like, I don't have to be you know, she's like, I have real problems, but like, you know, what you, you went through, what you went through, she's like, I can do it. And, you know, if we change her life and this helps her go and realize her full potential, then, then it was all worth it. Hopefully we, we change a million lives. Right. Yep. But, uh, you know, just that, that one kid, if you get that, that's what it's all about, you know, just, just taking it one person at a time, trying to help and change one person at a time and, and trying to leave uh, the world a little bit better than you found it
0: that's that's literally all you can do is one person at a time and do you but uh, the cool thing is about you writing the book is that Steve, there are going to be people out there that you will never meet who you will impact their lives to a great degree. and that is exciting all by itself, yeah, you know
1: I, I really hope so. I, I really hope it, it can help. And, uh, you know, it's it's the only way I can give thanks to the the folks who helped me and, and to try to, uh, you know, fulfill Bopcha's legacy.
0: Well, and, and also 25 years of teaching and coaching, you've got kids that are now <laughs> – okay, they're now in their 50s that you <laughs> taught – <laughs> or they're let's see 25 years yeah no it's they're, possible. They're, in their, they're in their early 40s <laughs> in their, yeah in their early 40s that they're you 40. had an impact on what happened to them and the the things that you instilled in them as both a teacher and as a football coach um they will remember that um uh, hell my my football coach is uh, 80 years old and uh he, he's uh i still i will always have remarkable stories about him that has impacted and positively affected my life in, in a n- numerous ways. And so, you know, you, you, you're making an impact, you have made an impact and you will continue to.
1: I, ho- I hope so. And, you know, um, understand also, you know, I've, I've made mistakes, you know, uh, I've uh, had some things I, I wish I could do over again. You know, I'm far from perfect. And, you know, uh, there might be some kids out there who knows who might think I'm Hitler or Stalin because I give them a bad grade or didn't give them the position they wanted or, you know, um, I couldn't be at my best for them. And, uh, you know, I just hope they, they see that as a, a motivation, you know, to, to overcome whatever the heck I did to them and, and not see me as the excuse, you know, for, for what they don't have in their life. Um you know, cause I certainly know I'm not perfect. And, you know, that's, that's like the one thing, you know, the big takeaway, um, you know, I got from my mom, um, was about excuses. You know, she'd always say, you know, you can have what you want, or you can have excuses why you don't have it. And, um, my bopcha had some very real, ex- great excuses to roll over and die. You know, I had some great excuses. You know, to go as uh, Chris Farley used to say, go live in a van down by the river. I don't know if you're a Chris Farley fan at all? But that was my favorite sketch of his. And uh, you know, and people would have been very sympathetic. Yes, we understand. Yes, you know, you crawled into a bottle, you, you got into bad trouble or something or else, or dropped out of school. Yes, we we understand. Yes, you had a tough life, um, or you can use it as motivation. Mm-hmm. You know
0: to, to get what you want. Everybody has got, everybody makes mistakes. Everybody's has issues. Everybody's had some sort of dysfunction in their life. It's how you choose to deal with things is it makes, it makes a difference. It makes the difference between whether or not you're going to live the happy life that you would like, or you're not. And the reason I bring people like you coach on to the show is so that people can understand that, Uh, from what I, from what I know, there was only one guy who's, who didn't make any mistakes when he was here. Um, And that would be, you know, Jesus Christ or, or or maybe boo. I don't know, but most of us, we survive from one catastrophe to the next. That's how you deal with it uh, to to determine where you're going to be. And, and uh, you've imparted that on a lot of kids and you've helped a lot of, a lot of people to do that. And, 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 I, I i for one i think you should be very proud of yourself even though you've made mistakes we all have i can tell you stories of i don't know why i'm still here speaking <laughs> with. well
1: thank you i appreciate that
0: you know and uh i what i'd like people to do is to go get the book and uh and how to beat stalin hitler and the southern state parkway and uh you can go to your website which is steve um, it's my website
1: is uh, uh through page publishing, pagepublishing.com. Uh, you can find a book very easily on Amazon. Just Google my name, uh, Steve Boris B O R Y S. Uh, also, you know, I'd love to to chat with anybody. You can email me at uh, steve dot borys at gmail.com and uh you know, if you ever want me to come out and and speak to your organization, whether it's a school or church or synagogue or whatever. And if you guys need a little bit of motivation, I'd be happy to come on out and,
0: and give it my best. And your best is good enough. And that's what your mom taught you. Your mom was an incredible lady. You know that, right? Oh my God. Yeah. She was, uh, you know, I just choked up a little right now, just
1: thinking about her. And, um, you know, that was, you know, the the big reason why I really wrote the book. Um, you know, the many reasons, you know, was her, um, you know, it was during the pandemic and we were all struggling, you know, with depression and anxiety. And, you know, and I was down, my kids were down and I said, you know, if there was one person who I could bring back to, to fight side by side with me right now, it'd be her. And, um, You know, so people are going to hear her words of wisdom. You know, she's been dead for, my goodness, 30 years now. And we're bringing her back. You know, so if if you're reading this book, it's just the same as sitting at the table with her and having a piece of coffee cake. And uh, hearing her sage advice. And, um, you know, there's an expression, you know, you die twice, you know, when you die. And then once when nobody remembers you anymore. And the people who knew Norma Boris are, you know, kind of few and far between right now. And uh, with this book, you know, she can be immortal, you know, as long as it's in print. And also Bopcha, you know, she's been dead, my goodness, uh, for, over 40 years now. And she's back. Mm-hmm. And she, she's oh, back dad. in the fight. And my dad. And they're back in the fight. You know, generations not yet born uh, can now benefit from, uh, their stories. I think, uh, you know, that that's a good way to, uh, thank them for the gifts they gave me.
0: And they are on the other side, watching everything that you do and taken, uh, and they, and they are very proud of you and, and what you've done. So you should be congrat. You can, should, congratulate yourself for that because you've you and if and he would make a a wonderful person to come talk to your school uh come talk to your your group so uh give us your website or your email again if somebody wants to if somebody wants to actually book you for a gig absolutely it's uh
1: Boris at gmail.com that's s-t-e-v-e dot b-o-r-y-s at gmail.com
0: remember the y not the i
1: Yes, one of those crazy Ukrainian names.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Um, Steve, it's time to wrap this up, but I want to step aside and give you a moment to tell our audience anything that you would like them to know, the ones that are listening now or in the future, because this will be up, by the way, forever. Great. Um, You know, one promise,
1: you know, my mom always made me, is bad things are always going to happen. Uh, but how you react to them, it makes all the difference, you know, and the bad thing that's happening in your life right now, it's not fair. You don't deserve it, but we can all get through it together. I want you to know that you're loved and I want you to have hope for a better tomorrow.
0: Well said, young man. Well said. I'd like to thank Steve Boris for being my guest He's coach Boris to most of, to a lot of kids, and uh, he's working uh, with his book. And he's gonna come to a place near you if you would like to invite him. He'd be happy. He'd be happy to come and talk to your group. So, uh, Steve, thank you so much for for taking the time to do this. I know that it's dinner time where you are. It's six fifty three. So I'm gonna let you go, but stay right there for just a second. I'm gonna do this, and I'll be right back. Thanks for enjoying this episode all the way to the end. Please give us a like and subscribe to this channel. This has been a production of KM Media.pro. Please visit our website, oddly enough, named KM Media. Pro for more details about us and our mission, which is to provide great positive programming designed to inspire us all. I'm Kevin McDonald and I'm proud of these shows, and I truly hope that you'll like them and share them with friends and family. So on behalf of our entire team, remember, be kind to each other because each other's all we've got. We'll see you next time.